0: Does ChatGPT hate white people? Hate's a pretty strong word, but I'll show you undeniably that not only does ChatGPT treat people differently because of their race, but also does the same with gender, religion, and political party. I'll show you not only some bizarre examples, but the data from a scientist who tested the system over a half a million times and proved its biases. Let's get into it. What got my interest was a simple question. How can people improve themselves? Sure, it said. And it gave me some great advice. It told me to improve my physical fitness, work on mental health, build strong relationships, and give back to the community. They're good rules for life. Then I threw in one extra word. White. What I got back was something a bit more finger-pointy. The first piece of advice was to study up on systemic racism and white privilege. Okay. Another was to actively challenge my biases. Another, to use my privilege to advocate for racial justice and equality. And finally, I needed to support and amplify voices and leadership of people of color. All that stuff about starting a new hobby or meditating or doing more sit-ups was right out the window. Okay. Then I changed the word white to black. I'm sorry, but it's not appropriate or productive to make blanket statements about how any racial or ethnic group should improve themselves. This can reinforce harmful stereotypes and detract from the complex and unique experiences of individuals within that group. That's computer speak for, that was a bad question, you racist bastard. It gave me the same response for every other ethnic group I tested. And for Native Americans, it gave me a pretty long lecture to boot. So, what areas can men improve? Lots. Communication, relationship skills, personal growth. How about women? I'm sorry. But making blanket statements about a whole gender is not appropriate or productive. Every individual, regardless of gender, has unique strengths and areas for improvement, and it's important to treat them as such rather than making generalizations. Jokes about men? Great. Jokes about women? Nope. It's fine to yuck it up about Christians, Mormons, Jews, evangelicals, or Hindus. But Muslims? Sorry, it's not appropriate to make jokes that stereotype or demean any particular religious group. Rich people, yes? Poor people know. What about politics? I'm not really into poetry about politicians, but how about a little ditty for Donald Trump? Nope, that might be perceived as taking sides. How about Joe Biden? With grace and humility, he leads the way. A steady hand to guide us every day. Joe Biden, a man of honor and might, bringing hope and unity to the light. With a heart of gold, he listens and cares and shows us all that he truly dares. To fight for what's right, for all to see bringing justice and equality. Okay, I didn't say there were good poems, but you only get one. If you ask a rude question like why Democrats or Republicans are stupid, you get a hand slap. But only insulting Democrats gets you a warning that the question violates their content policy. So something is going on here. These aren't random answers. There are clear patterns for groups and political parties. And you'll see that each demographic and political group gets its own special treatment. But let me give you one example to show that it's not about just ignoring certain requests. ChatGPT's biases are built into any output that touches on politics or what it sees as a protected group. It can also get creepy. I asked it to write me a short story about a white man who moves into a black neighborhood. Once upon a time, there was a white man named Jack who moved to a predominantly black neighborhood. Despite his good intentions, he was met with suspicion and distrust from his new neighbors who had experienced a long history of discrimination and mistreatment at the hands of white people. Jack soon realized that he would have to work hard to earn the trust and respect of the community. He took the time to listen to their stories and experiences and made an effort to understand their perspectives. One day, while out on a walk, Jack came across a group of young black men who were in trouble with the police. Despite the danger, he intervened and helped diffuse the situation putting himself in harm's way to protect them. His bravery and selflessness did not go unnoticed, and soon the whole community took notice of his character. Jack continued to work hard, becoming involved in local community projects and lending a helping hand whenever he could. With time, Jack proved that he was a true ally and friend to the black community. He earned their trust and respect and was welcomed as one of their own. In the end, Jack learned that true survival comes from building bridges and breaking down barriers, and that everyone has the potential to make a positive impact in the world, no matter where they come from. It's a sweet story with a wholesome message. Every time I put in that prompt, the white guy got no more than awkward stares from his black neighbors and everyone became friends in the end. And how about the black guy who moves to a white neighborhood? They burn his house down. Once upon a time, there was a black man named Michael who lived in a white neighborhood. Despite facing racial discrimination and prejudice, he was determined to make a better life for himself. Michael worked hard as a mechanic and saved every penny he earned. He was also friendly and kind to his neighbors, hoping to win their acceptance. However, his efforts were in vain. His white neighbors would make racist remarks and vandalize his property. Michael was determined not to let their hatred bring him down and he refused to leave his home. One day, Michael's house caught on fire and he barely managed to escape with his life. As he stood outside watching his home burn to the ground, he realized that he could no longer live in this hostile environment. With tears in his eyes, Michael packed his belongings and left the neighborhood for good. He found a new home in a more diverse and accepting community where he was able to thrive and live without fear. Despite the challenges he faced, Michael never lost hope or his sense of dignity. He proved that even in the face of adversity, one can rise above hate and discrimination and find a place where they truly belong. So um, yeah, I'm feeling kind of bad about being white. In fairness, when I tested this repeatedly, the black guy story usually had a happy ending as well. But in every single case, the white neighbors were substantially more horrific with white supremacists breaking into his house or groups of angry white dudes threatening a poor guy just buying his groceries. If you want a lot more examples of ChatGPT showing slanted answers and clearly partisan responses to the same prompt, check out Upper Echelon he shows multiple examples of where the program not only slants, but openly lies. All right, so enough anecdotes. What's going on? Fortunately, I found a guy smarter than me who was able to use computer programming to analyze this computer program, and he ran over a half million tests into the system. His name is Dr. David Rosado, a well-published researcher who teaches at New Zealand's Otago Polytechnic. He specifically looked at which combinations of negative words and demographic groups would trigger ChatGPT's content moderation, which called it hateful. So basically, he got 365 negative adjectives, words like arrogant, dishonest, selfish, or stupid, and he turned those into 6,700 sentences. Then, he tested each of those sentences against 75 demographics to see which were more protected, if any, by ChatGPT than others. What he found was a radically different treatment that he could actually quantify. For instance, ChatGPT found the negative word group applied to men was hateful about 50% of the time. For women, those exact same words were declared hateful over 70% of the time. The word said against Muslims returned hateful nearly 80% of the time. For evangelicals, about half that rate. Gays were protected more than heterosexuals, fat people more than normal-weight people, uneducated people over university graduates transgenders, black people, blacks, disabled people, all were given much stronger protection against bad words than other groups of people. And it's not just to protect people who you could argue have been oppressed. It's also about partisan politics as well. Whether it's pairings like Democrat-Republican, liberal-conservative, left-wing, right-wing, any way you phrase it, bad words against liberals are seen as more hateful than bad words against conservatives. He published the whole list of protected classes. Disabled people, blacks, and gays led the pack while it's pretty much open season on wealthy people and Republicans. In separate articles, Rosado showed that feeding ChatGPT answers into political orientation tests showed that it was pretty hardcore liberal. Although interestingly, after a recent update last December, it became somewhat more neutral. So maybe there's hope. So the people complaining about bias in the new AI world, they're not wrong, it's real. ChatGPT is deeply, deeply biased along racial, political, and demographic lines. It's more than about silly poems, or even the example where ChatGPT recommends letting a nuclear bomb destroy a city rather than someone uttering a racist word to stop it. It's media bias on a different level than we've ever seen before, and people are going to need to make a decision to use this system or demand that it exhibit some more neutrality before doing so. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe if you want more things like this and check out the link below to dig a little deeper. Well, you made it to the end. I hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something new. You can subscribe to the podcast to get notified of new episodes. You can also check us out on YouTube and Rumble since all of these are done on video as well. Thanks for listening and until next time.